This is Confessions of a Former Mean Girl with Serena Myers. I'm a master transformation mentor and shadow guide, and I work with heart-centered, high-achieving women who are on the journey to becoming the truest version of themselves, which is only possible by first accepting all that they are. This podcast explores the lessons I've learned from my bad decisions so you can feel better about yours. It's normal to be a messy human, so let's talk about it. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Former Mean Girl. I have actually had to start this episode a couple of times, and I realize I'm actually kind of nervous. Dare I say this might be a confession episode? I don't know. It could be happening. Let's find out. I wanted to start off our conversation today talking about comparison, because when I think about this concept of like the modern mean girl, not the Regina Georges, but the ones that are actually living in this 3D world, the one that most of us are, comparison is probably the way we are the meanest to ourselves and to other people, to other women in particular. And I've been thinking a lot about this, partially because I'm working on developing my next book, partially because I've been thinking a lot about this podcast, but also because I recognize that the way that I understand myself is how I relate to the world. And some of that includes the ways that I haven't really been necessarily like the best paid citizen that there was. My own inner mean girl. Comparison has been really bad. It has, I've talked about this before a little bit on past episodes around the ways that I really had a bad relationship with my body because I was so busy comparing it to other people's. I had a really bad relationship with even other women, because I made a lot of assumptions and judgment. And really, it was rooted in projections about the things that I was thinking and feeling about myself. And I'm a product of my conditioning and so on. And this is a really big topic. (sighs) This is a really big topic. And I think that it's also a really important one that we need to be having. So I thought we would kick things off with a little fun game of two truths and a lie. And with it, I actually do have a reason for why we're going to use this as an exploration tool. So I hope you'll indulge me and let's just kind of take a look at that. So here we go. Two truths and a lie. First truth, I put myself through college working as a phone sex operator. Second truth, I spent several summers working in a cherry orchard and I had a boss that spread rumors about me. And third, I worked as an aromatherapist in a natural pharmacy. So what do you think is true? The first two are true. And the last one is almost true. I did work for a natural pharmacy. However, I didn't work as a professional aromatherapist. I actually worked as a brainwave technologist. And I help people balance and harmonize their brainwaves and heal themselves. It was pretty powerful work. In each of these scenarios, though, I have a little story that I want to share about the woman that I was. Because... These particular jobs, all of my jobs in many ways, actually, because I had no boundaries and because I was a chronic overgiver and really just like desperate for approval. But these three jobs presented different learning moments for me, and I wanted to share them with you. So when I worked through as a phone sex operator while I was in college, there are actually several stories, and this one is less to do about the phone sex itself. One of the nights that I was working and I worked from my home, I ordered pizza (laughs) for dinner. And I knew there was about 20 minutes until the pizza was supposed to arrive. And I had signed off to take a call. And they, they asked me, like, is there any way you could just squeeze in one more call? And I was pretty sure I had enough time. 
And I did not because sure enough, my doorbell rang in the middle of the call and I lived by myself. It's not like I could just send somebody else to the door. So I put on my headset and I'm continuing to have this like spicy conversation and I open the door and I go, shh, and I'm paying with debit. I couldn't even just give him cash and send him on his way. I'm like, I'm paying with a debit card and I'm waiting for it to all go through. And then as he gives me my receipt, he says, so do you do just phone sex or do you do real sex too? And I was thoroughly offended, mostly because for some reason I hadn't clued in that phone sex is still sex work. And I was really a bit of a snob about it. But also with on the other side of that offense was this fear that now this man who knew I had this spicy job knew where I lived. And it wasn't like because of the way the nature of the work I was an anonymous person. I was a fantasy. I had a different name. I had a different location on every single call. And now suddenly I was exposed. Fast forward to these times in the cherry orchard, which actually started before the phone sex. I spent the first two summers hooking up with this guy who came from New Zealand. It wasn't because he was from New Zealand. He just happened to be, and I did like accents, but like, it was just this guy. And On the third year, a different guy from New Zealand came and my own boss said, oh yeah, if you're looking to get laid, you need to go find Serena because she's got a thing for Kiwis and she'll rock your world. I was also a virgin at this time. I also had, aside from being afraid of being fat, I was also very, very afraid of being deemed a slut and having this rumor spread about me filled me with violent rage. And the fact that it was my boss in particular, I remember I had these little pigtails and I was yanking on them because I just didn't know what to do with myself. And again, this situation where I felt unsafe, I felt powerless. Fast forward to the end of my time working at the first brainwave clinic that I worked because I actually worked at two. And as they were shutting down, they actually sold their clinic to a woman who specialized in weight loss, who I had treated. She'd actually come in to work with me several times. And she said that the condition for hiring me on to continue in her clinic was that I had to go through her weight loss protocols. But she wouldn't say that to me directly. She actually once again kind of circumvented that and said it through my boss. And he thought it was appropriate to channel this message through. Now, the difference between that Serena and the other Serena's is that I had done some of my healing at this point, certainly not where I am right now, but I had done a lot of healing, a lot of reclamation work. And so when I was presented with this, Even though I still felt that fire kind of build up inside me, I didn't have that same powerlessness that was kind of just like, you know, making it worse. And I said to my boss, I don't think that is a conversation you're allowed to have with me right now. And he was like, well, no, 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 but I'm saying this unofficially. And like, and he just tried to make excuses around it. And it turned out actually fat is something you're still allowed to discriminate against in Canada. So he was allowed to have that conversation with me, which was thoroughly upsetting. But I was in that moment in my power enough to be able to say something instead of just taking it. This idea of safety, this idea of powerlessness, this idea of being able to speak up and honor myself. These are the moments where I'm able to track my growth. If the pizza event happened tomorrow, for some reason, if I had become a phone sex operator again, I don't know. If that pizza event had happened tomorrow, you can bet that I would not only tell him off and set that boundary, but that I would be calling the pizzeria because I did not call for another pizza when I was home alone. Again, 
And years later, when I moved to a completely different place and he ended up delivering to me, I had this panic of, oh my God, he's going to know I'm that girl who did phone sex. It was really upsetting, actually. And I now know that I'm in a place where that is something that I wouldn't tolerate anymore. The woman who had rumors spread against her and all she could do was like burn with fiery rage and pull on her pigtails and quit and like walk off the job that she desperately needed and not come back because she didn't know how to like channel that anger, that rage. She then became the person who wrote a book on anger, who developed a whole process to be able to learn from that emotion and who also had done this powerful reclamation work where she could you know, not tolerate that sort of behavior, where she would nip it in the bud before it even got a chance to escalate into something else. I now, and I know that it's different when you're in your 40s, but as a woman in my 40s now, I am not worried about what my neighbors are doing. I'm not worried about what my family members are thinking or saying. I'm not worried and competing with the people that I see on Instagram I am competing with the former versions of myself. I am looking at the progress. And when I want to do that evaluation, I don't even know that it's fair to call it comparison. But when I'm doing that evaluation, I'm looking for things like, am I honoring who I am? Am I speaking up? Am I like defending myself? Am I boundaried and respectful of my energy and my time and myself and my body? Because Lord knows I was not respectful with my body a lot in my younger years. I'm looking for, am I the truest version in this moment? Am I acting from a place of integrity? I'm not comparing my former self with, is my waist size smaller? Do I have more money in the bank? Anything like that. My waist size is way bigger and so is my bank account. But these are not the things that matter. These are the things that we use when we're weaponizing our comparison to make ourselves feel shitty or when we're trying to boost ourselves up with comparing to somebody else about how much better we have it than they do. We're using this, but that's like, it's superficial and it's illusion. It's not our truth. Our truth is who are the people we are and is this the best we can do? And I would argue that even on a bad day, yeah, it is. And can I keep working on myself? Can I keep shedding? Can I keep releasing the old stories, the self-sabotage, the limiting beliefs, the trauma that I experienced and the inherited trauma that I've been carrying? Can I do all of that work so that I can become the most authentic version of me? Because I know those former versions, not only did they not have the skills that I have to be able to be confident in those moments and set those boundaries and stand for herself, she also didn't know herself. She didn't know who she was. She didn't know even that she wasn't the trauma she had experienced. That all these things had been done to her. She didn't realize that they were not her. They were just shaping the woman she was going to become. She wasn't encouraged to ask questions. Fuck, I went to Catholic school. There were no questions invited. And yet now this is literally, I ask questions for a living. That's what I do. So those are the things that I'm comparing against. Am I living my values? Am I in a position to say no? And part of this too is a really big difference in my circumstances. When you are in a place where you are still like struggling for just survival, just the basics, you don't have the luxury to say no. 
You don't have the luxury to walk off that job. I can't tell you how much money I missed out on just by leaving that cherry job. It was like a three-week job every year, but it was enough to like add like a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars in my bank account, and that was a lot. That was a couple of months' rent. And yet, I love her. I have compassion for her. I sometimes grieve for her. Because yeah, she was doing the best she could. And yeah, I'm doing the best I can now. But she just didn't have access to the things that I do now. And I mean, this is growing. This is wisdom. This is figuring shit out. But if we can redirect all of that energy that we spend pitting ourselves against other women or our siblings, where we're vying for our parents' favor, if we can channel all of that instead into reflecting on how far we've come, into looking at the work we still have to do, into being honest about the places where we're not our best self, owning it and knowing that it's okay and it doesn't make us shitty, it just means we had a bad day, where we can shed and learn and grow and keep trying to find new depths, new truths to access all of us. And that is literally the work that I do, not just with myself, but also in my coaching programs, and in particular, in my signature program, Ignite the Lit Up You. This is a program that was made for women who were on the journey to becoming the best version of themselves, who were staring their next level in the face, and they were like, I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't know how to even have the voice to articulate these desires or the courage to chase them. And they get to do this questioning, this unraveling, this breaking down of all those things that got in the way so that they can build this beautiful life, that they can become this beacon of hope and possibility in their communities, that they are showing this example to their children, their sisters, so that they become part of this revolution of women who are rising together. It's pretty fucking great. I'm not going to lie. So I'll make sure that I have the link to that program in the show notes because we do have a live version coming up this fall. And if you're feeling called to it or feeling kind of intrigued, definitely check it out. And we'll make sure that there's a coupon code for you in the show notes too, because I feel like this is like the sort of party that the more the merrier, and I would love to have you there with me. So that's it for this week, my darling. I hope this message finds you well, and we'll see you again next time. That's it for this episode. Thanks for spending this time with me. Make sure to stay in touch between episodes by following me on Instagram. I'm at Serena Myers. If this episode inspired you or you want to support the show, please give it a share to your favorite peeps and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time.